I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, sip of water. Check. Inhaler. Check. Let's do a podcast. Hello and welcome to In The Pocket, the bass guitar podcast where we get the lowdown on the low end. My name's Johnny, a totally average bass player, and each week I'm joined by a different co-host to talk all about that bass. So this week I am joined by the terribly talented full-time musician, producer, multi-instrumentalist, YouTuber, (gasps) it's Daniel Childs, aka Rumbling Man. Nice. Nice. How on earth are you? How are you doing? Uh, I think I'm doing pretty well. Like I tried to sleep till 11 today, but it didn't go so well. For those at home, you know, that don't know, you are a full-time uh, musician. I am. So, you know, I bow, I bow down to you. <laughs> um, and so... I bow down back. <laughs> so you got down, getting up at 11, you know, that sounds like the dream. Is it a late night for you? It is, man. I mean, if you play, you know, I play fairly late in the evening. Uh, f- my goal is generally five nights a week. So, uh, you know, if I get home at 1130, then, you know, I might get to sleep around three o'clock a.m., sleep till about 11 a.m. And uh, get up and mosey around, piddle around, you know, change guitar strings and uh, go do it again kind of thing, you know. Man, that sounds sounds like the dream. You're living it. Dude, it's a blessing. <laughs> I found a niche that not a lot of people find. And it's this because I'm a multi-instrumentalist, so I play guitar and bass pretty much equally. Like I can't even say if I'm better at one or the other because I don't know. But uh basically I found that here in Florida, if you can do like a solo act, like if you can sing and like play acoustic and go set up a sound system, then you can just work. Like there's a ton mm. of places that do that. And so, yeah, so I found, I found a way to make a living. Awesome. So is that what you're doing? Cause I knew you had like your solo act. Yeah. Is that what you're doing primarily then with these, with these gigs? Yeah, that's my thing. And then, uh, everything else is just side stuff, you know, like YouTube and sessions and stuff like that. It's just all side stuff. Yeah, man, that's incredible. And, you know, we were just catching up uh, before hitting record on this, uh, that I've been watching your channel for, for years. Um, so I've always found your content really helpful and just easy to watch, and just so uh, enth- I've always been enthralled by uh, by your channel. And uh, well, thank you because you do guitar and bass. Uh, I've always been like, when I see a new upload, please be a bass one, please be a bass one. It's yeah. a bass oh, guitar. One. That's fine. I'll watch it anyway. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so you're invited on this on this podcast for one reason for half of your personality the, for half of my bass. Yeah, dude, the it's low, the low end. It's weird, man. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. I sometimes wonder because, like, I assume of my subscribers, like, I, I assume it's like a half bass, half guitar. So I just kind of wonder how, like, the guitar people feel when there's a bass video and how the bass people feel when there's a guitar video. 
Yeah, it's really interesting because like you're appealing to both audiences, but then at the same time you kind of like not not you, but like you might you think that you're alienating one or the other. But then there's people that are interested in both. Like yeah. I I I watch guitar channels as well, even though I'm a bass player. I just still love guitars though, just in general. Me too. Like, even if I'm not even if I'm not like even if I didn't play any, I think I would still have them because I just love them. Me too. And I bet there are people out there that are like that, just because they're just so so wicked um so each time we have a co-host on this podcast we like to ask them three quick fire questions to get to know them a little bit better so first question for you is three words to describe your bass playing uh you know i should have prepared for this because i've listened to your podcast like a hundred times it's not like i sent this in advance here's here's what i would go with I would say, I would actually, I would use the word melodic because a lot of the fills I write and stuff, they're kind of melodic fills. Like I, I like to do funky stuff, but I'm better at doing more melodic major key kind of stuff. So that's word number one. Word number two is I would say uh, fundamental and that I really stick to the fundamentals a lot and it's mental, man. And it's fun. <laughs> So ah uh, love that fundamental, and then uh, <clears throat> then I would use another word, kind of cramming three words into one, and I would just go with meat and potatoes. Nice. We'll do it like meat apostrophe n potatoes. Meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes. It's pretty meat and potatoes. You know, like I'm like I'm not like I'm not like Alan Brown. Like he does all this cool <laughs> stuff. And I'm not like uh, what's that other guy Scott Devine. I'm not like like I'm just kind of meat and potatoes with my playing, you know. Like that is, a, I'm always I always love how people come up with like the the same phrase but in a totally different word, and that's why I love yeah. that question so much. And that is one of the best answers I've had. I think meat and potatoes, meat and potatoes, because it just it that just comes up perfectly. It's like your essentials, what you need. That's it. <laughs> and so, yeah, because because I'm you know pretty much the same, but then can be melodic in the places where it calls for it as well. Awesome. I really like those. Hopefully that uh, gives people a bit of a better idea, the kind of player you are. And it's a, an awesome player at that. Um, so, Well, thanks, man. I can see an incredible uh, Gibson. It's a grabber, isn't it? You've got on the wall behind you there. I believe it to be a 1973 Gibson grabber. <laughs> uh, uh, just, that Just to uh, say, 1973, actually, Johnny. <laughs> I think it is. Well, it's it's actually, I remember I was trying to date it a few years ago, and there are, it's, they're actually, you can't, you can't always date them. Mm. But there's one suggestion of, there. I found one suggestion that with the numbers or whatever, that it might be a 73. Yeah. But my dad got it from, a friend of mine who bought it new and I could ask him where he bought it, but he died oh, no. during the COVID pandemic. So that kind of sucks. Oh gosh. Well, let's just make this real depressing. Then. Yeah. I saw downhill from shit. here, to be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, anyway, it's, it's incredible, incredible base. Well, thanks man. It, I've got some DR uh, flats on it. The DR legend flats, um, which I reviewed some years back, but uh, they're okay. Okay, flats, but they're aged like the bass, so you know that helps. That helps. You, I feel like you can't put some okay strings on a bass like that. <laughs> it's got to be like the best. Here's the truth: I do have some Thomastic, or as you would say, Tomastic. Yeah, I believe would probably be the correct pronunciation. But um, the problem is, is this: 
it's really hard to adjust the neck on that bass because mm-hmm. it's not an Allen key kind of thing. It's like a, like a wrench kind of thing. And it's like, I don't want to waste the tomastics, if you will. Yeah. On something that I can't hardly get the neck right. Yeah. It's, it must be, that's a, with like some vintage bases where they're not quite like they haven't had those developments yet that make them really roadworthy, like playable, consistent instruments, you know, and that's kind yeah. of the, the the joy of them as well. The beauty of them. Um, yeah. So I'm, you know, I've been trailing away from this question. So I'm going to bring it back into the question that I'm going to ask. Uh, and I doubt it's that one because I, I, well, I don't know. It might be, but what is your number one base? Well, <clears throat> that actually might change soon because I don't I don't want to spoil anything from, say, the Low End Lobster channel. Uh, I don't want to spoil any of his plans. But let's <laughs> but let's just say, you know, he's been doing some uh, some mod videos. Yeah, he's done a few of those. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just say one of them is going to be a base of mine. And uh, when that one arrives, he did some cool stuff to it. So when that one arrives, it could become a number one. But probably my number one is this Fender Roadworn Mexican P-Base in Fiesta Red. Hang on, let me get it. Ah, uh, nice. With the with the gold uh, yeah. anodized scratch plate. Is that right? Yeah. I'm a sucker for that, like, 50s aesthetic. Sorry, um, that was a bit of a reach there. To it. Ah, there we go. <laughs> it's so pretty um yeah i'm just a complete sucker for that 50s look and that is a beauty what year did you say it was uh you know i'd have to look up what year it is because it's it's a replica of Mm. like a 57 or 58 but what year was this made how do you even know how do you know I don't know. It's normally when you got to like type in the serial number into their website, and it, it sometimes yeah, it'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, you never can. And then uh, I just put on it a set of these, the Dunlop flatwounds. Oh, nice! Are you primarily using flats now? I am using flats at the moment on every base but one, which Ooh. is very strange. Very strange, I know. But I have uh, so my number two base is a Sire V3. I know that you're a, a fellow Sire lover. I am I've indeed. A, uh, got a blue Sire V3 back here, and I have rounds on it. So really, I either go to it or this P base, and then I've got like just some other bases sitting around that I sometimes play, and they every single one of them has flats. <laughs> wow! Uh, so I've got yeah, I've got Roto Sound flats on one. I've got Thomas Dick on one. I've got uh, Dunlop on this one. I've got DR on another one. Only brand of flats that I have not tried would be Labella. I haven't. I haven't tried Labella. What about uh, you? Do you like flats? I'm I'm slowly getting into flats. I haven't cool. had that like um, that eureka moment with them yet. I don't think I've got the Tomastics at the minute, and I've had the uh, what have I had. I've only had one other set. Oh, I had some rotor sounds. Um, I feel like my next step might be, I've heard good things about Diodario Chromes, uh, the flats that they do. Um, I had lots of recommendations for that. And then of course, Labella. Um, but they well, are, 
My God, are they expensive? So, number one, Roto sounds I know are from England, right? I think so, yeah. Or somewhere in the UK. Because uh, Rota sound is, is how everybody always says it on the YouTube videos of Roto sounds because they're always like a British guy. Yeah. What's the, what does British even mean? Like, if I say you're in Britain, you're British, but I but I can also say you're English. What what does it even mean? Uh, so British is is if I'm in Great Britain, which is like it's almost like a group of countries. Um, and England is the comp- company. <laughs> That's the company, the organization I work for. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> My boss, Boris Johnson, will never let this out. It's the Matrix. Um, yeah, so England is the the country I'm in, and that's within Great Britain, which is England, Wales, Scotland, and one of the islands. It, I can never remember which one. I'm sorry, Ireland. Uh, I know maybe Stephen McGrath might be watching this. I'm sorry. I always forget oh, no. which one uh, is, is huh. in. Uh, maybe I'll edit it in later. <laughs> I'll leave a, yeah, I'll leave yeah. a gap here to edit Copy it in. Base. There you go. <laughs> Um, so that that brings us on to um, our last question not our last question, the last of our quick three questions uh, to get to know you, it is why? why did you pick up the bass? why did you pick up the bass man? just why? I was bored one day no, uh, you know what happened man I was 13 and I was, if you hear something dinging against my window, it is a cardinal uh, that keeps flying against my window. So I apologize. It, it does this all day, every day, but, um, no, I was 13 and I, I had started playing guitar and then this band needed a bass player. No, you know, typical story. And the bass that I played was that grabber. I've actually had it since I was 13. Wow. Yeah. And so that was that. And then first bass. that's mad. It was, it was cool. And then my dad had like an old bass amp sitting around. And so I started playing bass in this band. And then I've had this just totally conf- conflictuous, if that's even a word journey, conflicted journey all these years. It's been like sometimes the guitar player and sometimes the bass player. And so it's like been equal focus. So, you know, it's possible that I never got all that great at either one of them. <laughs> Jack of all trades and all that. Because I was playing the other one too. I don't really know. But. Well, it sounds like what I think you need and what you were born to do is play the double neck guitar, one bass with one guitar. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, man. And like in my show, that would be so cool because I do some looping because then I'd be able to like loop with bass and guitar. You can you can pay me back later. It's fine. You can have that idea. <laughs> I wonder if there's any like acoustics that are like that are like that, but it would probably suck if there was, but. Cool. <laughs> yeah i don't know how like it would resonate like the, those two frequencies i think it might it be wouldn't. weird maybe <laughs> yeah, an like, sonic yeah yeah knows, yeah man. absolutely oh um, my gosh awesome well thank you for giving us a little insight into you here um thank you we're gonna crack on with our first question of the podcast So to submit questions for this podcast, you have to go onto Instagram, follow me at Johnny Dibble. You don't have to follow me, but that's probably the only way that you're going to see the the poll that I put up on my story for you to submit questions. And every single one of these questions today has has come from there. So make sure you're following and yeah, get involved, get in touch. That is how we do things over here. Um, 
first question um, comes from Callum or Music. Um, Callum, I know I've had a question for you before, but I can't remember if it's Callum Ford or Callum O-R-D Music. I'm just going to say it, how it's spelt. Hey, maybe I should just don't explain myself. I should just say it and just offend someone. That's how I'm going to do it from now on. There we go. <laughs> uh, Callum Ward Music says, uh, what's your essential piece of gear? Not a bass. So essential bits of gear. So for this one, I'm, there is an obvious answer for me, but I'm going to kind of exclude that one because the obvious piece of gear for me is a tuner. Like, I'm not going anywhere <laughs> without a tuner. <laughs> I'm not doing it by ear. I'm not being that guy on stage going, boom, 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 yeah. boom. You know, no thanks. Um, For sure, man. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to take that one out. That That's a given. Um, and that would just be a boring answer, I think. Um, hey, check out the tuner. Oh, what is it? I don't even know what. It's a t- This is like 10 or 20 bucks on Amazon, and it rocks. Oh, nice. Is it good for bass as well? It's great for bass and guitar. I don't even know what it's called, but I'll send it to you later. Anyway, sorry, because no one can see that, so never mind. But <laughs> it's battery operated. I don't have to like plug it in. I could just use it on the fly. It rocks. Sorry. Nice. Um, so I think I'm actually, yeah, I, I'm going to try and remember that because I think I saw one in a, like a, a cash generator shop, which is kind of like our version of um, like a pawn shop. Um we saw, so I saw like a old like tuna pedal like that. that oh, you said pawn shop. I thought yeah. You said oh, porn yeah. Not, yes. shop. Sorry for us. Pawn, pawn, same word. <laughs> nice. It's pronounced That's cool, man. the same for us. So yeah, whenever whenever somebody says yeah, they went to a pawn shop, I'm like, excuse me, what? You went to what? Yeah. Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> That's funny. Question, question. What was the question? It was the essential piece of gear. That's right. So for me. I've always stuck by this um, because for me, it's a preamp. I am a stickler for a preamp. Um, I don't think I've ever not had one on my board since I got my first Sans amp when I was like, oh, what? Like, ooh, maybe maybe 17 when I got my first Sans amp, I think. So, wow, that's 10 years, 10 years with a preamp. Um, so, Which Sans amp? Uh, I had just the bass driver DI, like the the standard go to classic one, um, cool. which at the time didn't have like the mid control, you know, anything like that. And I've kind of gone back and forth with that since. Like I sell it, get a dark glass pedal, and then I'll be like, nah, I don't want this anymore. Oh, I'll try an MXR. Nah, oh, I just missed the sounds out. Then go, but I do it every time. It's a vicious circle. And so I need the next one I get because I don't have one at the minute. I'm going to keep. And if I decide to take it off my board, I'm not going to sell it because I know it'll only come back around again. <laughs> um, yeah, for, for real, me, man. it's a, yeah, and it's essential for me because it it's I was so in my gigging kind of life, I'm always playing with someone else's rig. Like I'm used to only playing in original bands where we're like first or second on the bill, you know. And we're rarely headlining because we weren't that big, you know. And so we'd always be playing on someone else's backline. So I'd have my head and my pedal board. And, you know, when you're using someone else's cab or someone else's full rig, say if they've got a combo, I want to know that I'm going to be able to have my tone or like a nice clarity presence that and punch that I love that the Sans amp delivers. So I've got it all there on the board ready to go. Uh, I, I, I'm a pedal guy. My my 
it goes basses, then pedals, then amps. So naturally, I like to keep the the tone in the in in the pedal board. So yeah, that's that's where all the, where all the magic happens for me. Um, so yeah, for me, it's probably going to be a preamp. I think my essential. What about you, good sir? Uh, Line six Helix LT. Oh, I feel, what a cheat! <laughs> nice. So obviously, that's like a an all in one kind of effects unit, isn't it? I mean, you're familiar, I because I know you have the stomp, but um, yeah. I mean, I use it. I actually use it for everything. I use it for bass, electric guitar, and acoustic guitar because it's so flexible for both. But speaking in terms of bass, the other one I have, I think you have as well, is the Zoom B3N, mm-hmm. the, which is the old Zoom B3. Um, that's a great one that I always was using for bass. But Helix LT is just, man, there, there's so much customization and when it all comes down to it, really all I need is that in my base and I can take on pretty much any gig or any session yeah. even, you know. You've, you've got it all there. And yeah. uh, what kind of effects are you running mostly on there? Like, Well, I've been making, I've been making patches and releasing some patches and I, I opened up a patch store and all that stuff um, so that people can have it. And I do include overdrive a lot. Um, I don't use a ton of overdrive myself though. I'm more of like you know, an amp simulation with a good preamp DI kind of thing. Uh, give me a bass chorus. Mm. And uh, that's that's almost it, man. Sometimes, you know, sometimes a synth or, or an overdrive or a distortion if if needed. But usually I keep my tones pretty freaking simple. That's the way it's got to be sometimes. Nice and simple and not too much getting yeah. in the way. But I do love me a bass chorus. Uh, that's oh, man. I'm st- sorely missing from my board at the minute i've, I'm, I've got a phaser at the minute but uh, but no chorus in sight so do you have, have your back. yeah you might do you have your hx stop on your board no not anymore it is well, permanently it's right here where i'm pointing oh it <laughs> it's is on my desk i use it well, as I like a say, home unit we just finally got because you know the hx stop and helix products we've always just had like all these guitar courses but we finally got a bass course in it for the it's the ampeg liquefier and it's pretty yeah. sweet yeah I you have, need a bass I, course, i'm man. gonna be honest i know i had the old um i had the the boss one the blue one and that thing was it was like my first chorus pedal and i just i had nothing wrong with it i absolutely loved it i just thought yeah. it was great um and I, yeah i kind of want to go back because i had i had that paired up with uh, what was it the aftershock um oh god i can't remember the name of it it's like an orange distortion pedal that does fuzz and overdrive as well in one um so oh no that's it it's the it's the it's by source audio and it's called the aftershock um oh. and it was i paired it uh with the chorus pedal and oh oh my god like beautiful nice saturated uh modulating distortion it's so good and then i sold it because i got bored and what an no. idiot <laughs> that's the bane of my life <laughs> of course i could oh. just buy it again but you know i like to if i'm gonna buy something again i'll try something else you know to see what i like and things like that but, uh, have you heard of the yeah. Aguilar corsaurus yeah man. i like it just that, for the name. i'm sold. yeah i know yeah it's like a dinosaur or something but uh man that pedal has some really sweet stuff like some really cool sounds you can i'd love to have one maybe get you should get one nice you should get one maybe i should 
<laughs> I'll, I'll be i'll uh test that one out for you maybe just send, send me a list mate send me a list send it to I'll, me if you don't I'll, like I'll get it. through it exactly. yeah <laughs> i will i will we've got, a, we've got a very good system going on there i like it i do too um so so essential piece of gear for me it's going to be a preamp and for yourself it's going to be the helix L- lt is that right helix lt nice does it all in one nice one package beautiful let us move on to the news. Welcome to the In the Pocket News. Um, I'm always undecided whether to do that, like, like properly do like a news segment, like do 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 let the music in the background. That's a cool idea. <laughs> but can I be bothered? Who knows? Who knows? That's the question I just always ask myself. Can I? But can I be bothered though? Hmm. We'll see. <laughs> That's I what people like about this channel, right? It's just kind of hokey pokey. Um, so it is the date of time recording is the 11th, yes, the 11th of April and being the month of April means it's been April fools and my gosh, am I the fool this year? Um, of course, companies like to do their April fools posts. Um, and yeah, they, they got me, they got me. And I I only saw the one actually, (laughs) the fact I only saw the one, that means nothing. That means that I only noticed that one was an april fools after someone told me i might have like hell the rest of the things on this list might all be april fools that i've not noticed who knows but um the one that got me was uh sterling by music man uh they posted out a picture of their new bass now they've just dropped their 22 line of like their like all new finishes that they've got on the ray 34s and the Ray 35s. And so I thought, oh, this makes sense. There's a new bass. And it was a a Majesty Stingray. So a mix between the two. And it looked insane. Like it it's not for me. Like I don't really like the Majesty shape. But I'm looking it up. Yeah, this this thing looks like wild. And I was like, that is gonna be someone's dream bass. I was like, that will sell. People are gonna love that. And so I shared it on my story and was like, wow, look at this. And then I got like a flood of messages of people being like, yeah, no, that's that's not a thing, by the way. I was like, oh, oh no, they got me. They got me. So, <laughs> oh, no, I know. Yeah, I was like, damn, you're sterling. Got me. Um, but yeah, did now, did you fall for, did you see any uh, April Fool's post that, that got you music related or not? I guess. You know what? I didn't see any April Fool's posts, period. I'm not even sure what I did that day. But I didn't see any. I mean, that you know of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It might have been just consuming it all day. But like, oh my, oh could my be gosh. Trump's back as president. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> some some people say he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he still has some a left. He yeah, He's still there some, now. I've heard it all, man. <laughs> He's hiding in the pipes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've heard it all, man. I've heard it all. Yeah, so that nice. would that wouldn't surprise me. No, I think I was I think I was actually on an airplane April Fools. I think I was in transit, like like trying Honestly, to get back I to think Florida. that's the safest place to be on April Fool's Day. It because probably there is. is like it's just like bullshit being thrown at you left, right, and center, and you you don't know what to believe. And every every news story that comes out, even if it's something really serious, you're like, yeah, people are like, No, no, that's April Fools, it can't be real. <laughs> so it could also be the worst place to be on April Fools if the pilot says <sighs> that we're going down and people start jumping out the window, you know, but 
He's like, is there a pilot on here? Yeah. And it's not April Fool's. It's unmanned. Ah. <laughs> Christ. Um, nice. Well, uh, let's move on to the next bit of news, which is Harley Benson. Now, people that watch my channel will, will know Harley Benton well. I'm sure you know Harley Benton well as well. Um, you know, made by Toman and insanely affordable guitars. So whenever they do a new release, and let's let's be real, normally and sometimes a bit um controversially, they rip off other designs because I mean everybody does it, but they they do it a lot and it's because they're trying to offer affordable versions of like a Rickenbacker, like a Thunderbird, you know, they're trying to get all the classics within their range. But so people can have them at an affordable price. <gasps> oh, just explain their entire business model, why don't I? Um, so they have teased a new base, and it features something that I've been waiting for from them for a long time. They're finally catching up because they're doing it. They're doing roasted maple necks. And oh. I saw this post uh, of like, they just posted like this really cryptic, uh, weird angle, like kind of the horn. It looked like a sharp, sharpish horn of like this almost transparent white finish with a tortoise shell pickguard. It looked like a pea pickup, and then this five string roasted maple neck, and like oh. the, the internet was on. F- people were gassed about it. You know, look at this thing. This looks insane. Uh, just from this one picture of like that cropped it in so much. I am just gonna. Oh, that's weird. I opened my Instagram and it was on. It was on their page. That's very odd. That's really weird. I just went to check it out to see if they'd updated it, but they haven't. Um, I'm going to look. So it's on their Instagram page? Yeah, ma'am. It, Harley Benton? Or is it a is it Toman? Oh, it's Harley Benton. It's on Harley Benton. Benton. Um, yeah. Now, oh. there's been speculation about what this is going to be. What, what base it's going to rip off. Um they say it's coming out soon. I don't know. People are saying it looks like an aria, um, like an old eighties aria, like the sh- the the wood grain and the shape of the horn and the fact it's it looks like a P bass pickup in there, and so it could be like a PJ. And somebody sent me a picture of what they think it is, and it looked pretty darn close. I cannot remember the actual name of the model though, um, but that that could be a jazz pickup though. Uh, yeah yeah you're not wrong it could be to me the housing like around the magnet just looks a bit fatter that's what looks like p base but i mean they could have like fattened their well why would they do that though that'd be stupid so yeah it probably is a p base pickup you never know you never know but i'm excited regardless to see what this is i think it's going to be in the higher end of their instruments you know sometimes they get up to like for some of the guitars i think there's like 400 pound ones but like that's their equivalent of like their thousand pounds you know american made versions you know um yeah man the top of their price range um so i think these are going to be up there or like the three to four hundred pounds which is obviously going to be super competitive for what it is and hell we don't even know what it is yet but regardless <laughs> something new is coming i've i've reached out to them and said hey come on come on send me come on hook me did up. you really oh. yeah <laughs> yeah I, I i messaged them and was like Put me in touch. Come on, let's Any do it. Any reply? Uh, no. Although, oh. they, but I, I said in my message, I was like, "Look, you know who I am. You've they they put out a Facebook post of my video once and sponsored it, so they put money to like boost my video to reach more people." And I was like, "That's really cool. 
thanks for doing that um so yeah so that so hopefully they'll they would they know who i am and they'll they'll hook me up but who knows who knows sire has your videos all over their website it's on their website or wherever i was looking at sire the other day and it's it's nothing but your videos what Uh, i did not know this let me explain myself yeah i go to their website on the regular just to like uh, look at it and wish that i had more money to spend (laughs) that's that's what i do nine times out of ten i'm just like oh yeah like if you click on the new p5 thing so got low ends video there Huh. Yeah, they have they do have uh lobsters vid, but um no, I promise you <laughs> I saw the other day, like I was on their website browsing around and like I I looked at like a few different bases and it's it's all you. Promise. It's all you. That's so cool. I saw they did repost me on Instagram the other day. So that's pretty cool. But uh Yeah, yeah. I saw that too, man. That. that was awesome. I freaking love Sire so much. Um Yeah. They're cool. And like, I'm hoping Harley Benton are cool as well. (laughs) Hey, that'd be nice, man. It's amazing how many companies don't call, you know what I mean? Like, well, sometimes you've got to be like, hey, hey, look at me. Hey, come on. Yeah. Look at me. Yeah. (laughs) Before they actually bite or anything. I've Um, done a lot of that. (laughs) You're like, come on, please. You got like hanging the carrot in front of their head. Come on. This is what I can give you. Come and get it. Yeah. I would what? totally work with you if I were any company because your videos, like I was saying earlier, man, your videos are just awesome. You've got a great <laughs> camera view and all the cool editing and stuff. I freaking love your channel. Thanks, man. You're making me you're making me go even more redder than I already am. Just well, big old know, tomato over here. At least you're alone um, in that room. That you know of. You don't know what's going on under this table. That's true. Anything could be. <laughs> That's just for me to know. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, my bird's yelling in the background. Oh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, Harley Benton, I hope that uh, this is something really cool. The one thing that they... I am a bit disappointed, though, because it's not a grabber copy. And everyone is screaming at them i say everyone it's probably just me and patrick hunter just screaming at them saying make a grabber make a grabber come on give us an affordable grabber no one's wouldn't ever that done be it. something wouldn't that be amazing exactly that would be so cool and yet they seem like reluctant to do it they're like nah, well nah. we could do our weird marquez base instead no nobody wants that dude some what people if... do i don't i mean the grabber g3 that was to me that was the coolest grabber because mine has that floating pickup where you you yeah. know you move it to whichever position which i mean it's it's cool and it has a really classic sound that really takes me back to childhood but like man the the g3 i have heard demos of that i've never actually played one but i've heard demos of that like on youtube and stuff and when you when they have all three of the pickups going at the same time <sighs> i heard i heard one video in which they did and it just sounded so killer those things are unreal. Uh, one of my favorite bass players, um, Jeremy Davis, who was the old bass player of Paramore. He, um, I'm a, I'm a big Paramore fan, and I'm not oh. ashamed. <laughs> They're like my favorite band. Um, but they, um, yeah, he, he, in the later years, used G3, and it sounds unreal on the on the last record that he was on. 
Incredible. You know, I'm from the same town as those guys. I like went to the same school, apparently. Franklin. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Franklin. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Is, Have you ever is, been to America anywhere, United States? I've been twice. So what, the first time I went to Florida, but that was like oh. when I was that was when I was like seven. <laughs> because we, because of course, yeah, we went to Disney for like two cool. weeks. Um, nice. Then, uh, but we did like do some like uh, some like hovercraft aircraft stuff in uh, with like the the alligators in the swamps, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah, um, man, so that was cool. Um, nice. But then. Then the second time we went, we did like a road trip from, we landed in San Francisco, uh, then went to, God, it sounded very British then, San Francisco we went to. Um, <laughs> then we went to uh, Yosemite, uh, then oh. to Death Valley, which was insanely hot. <laughs> it's like, like well, for, for us, it was like 50 degrees, which for you, like Celsius. So oh, what's wow. that for you? Like, what, like, what between 110 120 fahrenheit i think is like crazy oh my goodness I, you could feel your eyeballs drying you're like oh as you're walking along that's um, way worse than florida they, actually they had they had like a naturally heated swimming pool there that was like filtered from a local reservoir i, I love that this isn't base related at all this is just how this podcast goes um and it fed into the into the pool that they had there at this like ranch that we stayed on um and it was the weirdest experience ever because it was like taking a big bath, but your whole family's there. So <laughs> because you're all just swimming around in this swimming pool, you're like, this is a very strange experience. It's not so felt- unusual on that part of the country. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, we do this all the time. <laughs> Whatever the weather, bathe with your mama. That's cool, man. That sounds like one killer. I haven't even been to those places, and I'm oh, from the United then, States. Then we end, we ended it in Vegas. So definitely. I love Las Vegas, man. That's a fun. That's a fun place too. Yeah, I was like 14 at the time. I think when we so went you couldn't go well. on the casino floor or anything. Oh no way, no way. But now I'm or a big drink. boy. I'm a big boy now. I could go back. So who knows? One day I'll make my my debut back to the states. We'll have uh, to meet up. Yeah, man. I I need to do like because. Through doing all of this, I've met so many like amazing people, yourself included, online on this community. And you're all in you're all in America. So I'm gonna have to come over and like do a tour and, and go around and see everyone or like we'll meet up or something. Cause yeah, be awesome. I'll buy you an American beer. We have these oh beers God. that you've probably never heard of called like Bud Light. <laughs> no, never heard of that one. And Miller Light. <laughs> it's actually we don't have that. Well, Oh, you don't. We've got Bud Light here, um, but not the latter. You don't have Miller Light. That's the one I drink out at the bars and stuff. I, I mean, I assume it's American. I mean, it's it's called domestic. It's not called import. So, I assume that's American. I don't really know though. Nice. Well, from where I am in Somerset, it's all like cider, like apple cider is like the big Somerset drink. So, like a big scrumpy cider from the local farm down the road. That's nice. like our, that's like our go-to drink here because we're all like we just the the funny thing is the more we drink of it the more we sound like pirates as well. <laughs> <laughs> Our Somerset accents just start turning into <laughs> or, you know. <laughs> I had a pineapple hard cider at Epcot and Disney. And how was that? It was pretty tasty, man. 
that you, you can get all sorts of them and things now. But yeah, I'm I'm a sucker for a classic Apple, like a medium. And I'm getting festival vibes just thinking about it. My tongue is bringing back so many memories. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, so this has been a fantastic new segment. <laughs> oh, actually, we've got we've got one more. We've got one more item on it, which isn't yes. really a piece of news, but I thought it was just kind of interesting because I saw it in the week. Um, and it's actually uh, a story I saw. Um, normally it's just all gear related stuff, but this is a story which is related to gear, to be fair. Um, from uh, Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, now, with the release of their new album and going out on tour, um, an interview Flea did said that he is changing from Galleon Kruger, which he is, you know, kind of synonymous for, like always having that big GK stack behind him. He's moving over to Ampeg to have a SVT set up instead. Um, and a lot of people on the internet have been like, whoa, this is huge. What news? Oh, my God. Um, I mean, he doesn't really see it like that either because I've got a quote from him here when someone asked him about, like, you know, what, why? And he, and he, <laughs> this is all his quote. He said, to be honest, I've always thought it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> 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 You're bringing your heart and your fingers and that's all that really matters. Uh, but I've been really enjoying the SVTs. They are the center and the character of the sound that I love. Thought that was a pretty good quote. And yeah, that, that quote of like, doesn't matter. Like, he's like, that, who cares? Like, this is just what I'm liking at the minute. And, you know, fair enough. A lot of people would be like, oh my God, he's not using a GK anymore. But I would say that GK and Nampeg are quite similar sounds, really. Like, quite, um, they can get quite driven and, and scoopy. Like, although mm-hmm. going to an SVT sound, you know, that's obviously more a bit warmer, maybe a bit more lows because of those tubes, but um, the Galleon Kruger RB heads, that's like one of my favorite all-time heads, honestly. Dude. And I would never knock Ampeg because I love Ampeg. Uh, and they've, I mean, they're they're foundational to the word bass amp, you know. And in fact, I just did a video about this because I was doing kind of a review of all the Ampeg stuff in the Helix. And the Helix, you know, has the B15. It has... Uh, three versions or two versions of the regular SVT. It has the SVT four pro. Yeah. Which is incredible. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. But, that's, that's my go-to amp that I've just always have on my, on my HX stomp. Cause it's just, yeah, I love, man. I love that sound. It's mine as well. And like, I do some pretty scoop sounds like what you were talking about. You know, you turn on the super, the super bright and the super low and all that stuff. But that said, that's it. So great. But GK is like amazing. Like every time I've had the opportunity to play through a GK amp, I freaking love how it sounds. Like I don't, so I don't, I don't know why anyone would particularly switch or uh, maybe it had something to do with his relationship with a company. I don't know. Ooh, are you, are you like casting shade here? Are you, so you're setting up some kind of conspiracy here, man. Well, well, I tend tend to do that. I tend to do that, but (laughs) it's just my way, (laughs) but I've seen that happen before. Like I've seen musicians like leave a really great brand for another great brand, but it usually had something to do with some sort of, you know, internal relationship coming to an end or or something like that. Mm. I don't know. Just, just speculation. Yeah. Could well be. I'm like, I'm like that conspiracy guy that suddenly comes on the news interview, you know, like, 
Like there was a there was a, a perfectly good you know news story one time, and then they got like Mark Dice on there, and he just started going at it with uh, you know I'm I'm like that guy. I'm the guy who interrupts the stream of regular thought to just bring something absurd that that no one would ever think of. Like to me, this doesn't sound normal. This sounds like a feud with the company of three. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly, man. That's nice. that's totally me. But I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Ampeg rocks. Yeah, man. The, yeah, like I said, can't can't knock them. Their Ampeg are insane. Um, Galen Kruger, my, I, I still want to get an RB head um, because I played one. The first time I played one, my orange, I think I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again, damn it. Um, <laughs> my, uh, my orange base terror head, the little like lunchbox one, uh, it, the, one of the tubes stopped working. And so the whole thing, <laughs> kaput wasn't working so i was like oh no what am i gonna do and i had uh this ampeg svt 610 cab that was my cab at the time Ooh. i was you know wheeling around with my with my like i think i was like 22 at the time like oh like struggling to <laughs> struggling to move this thing around um yeah but it, incredible amp anyway um yeah the, the head packed up and so i had to borrow the support axe head which happened to be the galleon kruger that paired up with a sans amp paired up with my Schecter model t pj base it was at the time oh my god i was in heaven it, to this date still one of my favorite live tones i've ever had and i put it down to that head because you know i'd had that same setup with the orange and it sounded you know it sounded good i liked it but not did not touch that at all so yeah, that's my experience with GK, and I really want to get one again someday because they're awesome. Yeah, awesome. man, I have a like a bass gig playing bass at a church on Sunday mornings, and so I just use I use my Helix to go to the house, and then for monitoring on stage, I use an amp, and it's a GK head mm. into I I don't remember what the cab is. I haven't been in a few weeks. It's like a it might be an Ampeg cab. I don't remember. But they just rock, man. They sound so freaking good. Yeah. I, I use the GK uh, on the HX Stomp with for my like jazz bass patch setup that I've got. It just suits it so well. It's just so good. And yeah. Ah, I, you've got me into thinking about, right, well, now after this, I'm going to go and look and see if I can buy a Galleon Kruger. <laughs> oh, man. Now, good luck. That's going to run you a few pesos there. Yeah, I know. Damn it. And I've got a new bass arriving tomorrow as well, so I can't really afford to do that right now. <laughs> what sort of bass are we talking about? Or well, is it a surprise? Now, it was going to be a surprise, but some I have, <laughs> I have trickled it out there on Instagram somewhere in a comment. And, uh, and you know, I like to treat the listeners of the podcast as the, you know, the premium listeners, <laughs> the ones that oh, yes. are here for the long run. Um, and so I've just bought a Sterling Ray 34. So Stingray. So the Majestic inspired you. <laughs> well, and... I... <laughs> left a void well i've had a void since selling my um ray 24 ca my old sterling i sold it to get the um gnl that i just put a video out on um and you know it, it didn't really do the stingray thing so i was like right well i need to get another stingray now um and i've always wanted the ray 34 and i saw one come up good price um now i was holding out for the new ones because they i think they're the same spec but they got these like sparkle finishes which I want to see in person because I feel like I, I think they're great, but I don't know if I'd like it in the long run, you know? Um, so I contacted Sterling and was like, Hey, 
like I did Tali Benton. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey hook me up. Come on, let's let's do this. And they were like, maybe, maybe. Um, so they put me in touch with their UK supplier, like the distributor, to get like a cost price on one, basically. Um, but they said they don't have them in stock until the summer. And I was like, I can't wait until the summer to get a Stingray. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, man. so I just bought this one. And uh, yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. Dude, I love it. Like, I mean, as as YouTubers, like if we want products to review and we want products to review. And, you know, there's a lot of times when, and obviously, you know, if you're working with a company, you do have to disclose that. And we do. We totally do. It's no secret if we're working with a company. But mm. I love it because I can't always afford to buy this or that. And it's not every day that a company says yes and and will just send you something. Sometimes they will. But I love it when a company will actually reply to me and say, yeah, we'll send you one to check out. You know, it's not every day that you get to keep it, but sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's always like, yes, I I get a piece of gear and I don't have to, you know, shell out all this money, but. That's it. And that's, that's why I'm like having to work in the buy and sell market so much, especially as I'm like under 10,000 subscribers or whatever, like some, it sucks that like companies would just look at you and see a number, you know, sometimes and be like, no, no, they, they don't have any clout, you know? And so the companies I want to be working with, you know, that I need to, I need to make sure I'm buying and selling to make sure I can can afford to build up reputation to a certain level. And then hopefully things will just fall into place and people will be, knocking at the door johnny review this send me this uh, that that's a dream that i had last night um which you know, <laughs> <laughs> probably won't come true <laughs> Here's hoping, right? dude i'll tell you what I, I mean in my mind you have like twenty thousand. are you under 10k yeah you'll get there so quick though because i got to 10k way quicker than i thought i would i'm on like so we're, all, we're doing like eight. I'm on eight thousand six hundred and thirteen right now. Oh, um, it'll happen so fast, dude! I give it a month or two or three. Yeah, I think I think it's it's there because I've set up like the um, the ten k base giveaway that we're doing now. Um, so oh, for I listeners of this, you know, go and comment on one of those videos because then you'll be enter your chance to to win a base that we build at together as a community. So, uh, so you're gonna build I, it? Yes, it's begun. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. There's the body. Oh, that's right. I saw that you were you're going with shell pink. Yeah, baby. It used to be. So is it a P base? Yeah, it used to be black. Uh, and I sanded it down and painted over that dull black finish with this lovely shell pink. And now, uh... so where did the body come from? So I got it for free um, from uh, from a audience member because i put on a live stream i did i said that i want to like do a relic project but do everything wrong you know and just like yeah chuck it around a car park and like drag it behind my car set it on fire you know all these things that nobody would want to do to their own base in fear of messing it up i want to mess it up so that other people don't have to you know that kind of thing and just yeah, go man. wild with it so um but i put i it I had this, I've had this sitting in a bag in the back for like a year and a half, just doing nothing because I never got round to doing it. Um, because like life just got in the way of that video. Um, and so then when I was like, right, I think I'm going to do a giveaway for, for for when I hit 10,000. Um, and I considered giving away a base up here and I was like, "Mm, I don't know. What about, Oh, I know let's give away that one. But then I was like, no one's really going to want that. So then I was like, 
let's mod it. Let's oh, like, oh, let's mod it together as a community. So everyone's like voting on the things. So yeah, it's it's uh it's what worth- kind of neck are you gonna get? Well, I think I'm gonna keep the neck stock, um, the one that's on there just because it fits. Um and it's not a bad neck. It it is gonna get treated though. So right. um I'm gonna darken the fretboard wood on there and uh my friend uh aiden pouncey um is a is a great great uh guitar tech and uh who i took to you know if i need any pickup stuff done i'm terrible at soldering so i, I always you know i'm gonna give it to him from now on to, to do any setups that i need um any like drastic changes you know um he's gonna sort it out for me so he's gonna make it all smooth on the edges, get rid of any kind of uh, fret uh, issues, and it's going to do a full setup on it as well as installing and shielding the whole thing. So hopefully nice. it will be nice, nice quality base for someone to have that's made out of like a punk of junk, essentially. Cool, man. Uh, but yeah, could be exciting. Wow, yeah. what, what a detour. That was an incredible journey of conversation. That was a really beautiful, we could probably talk for, you know, days. Let's write a book. Let's do it now. That's we can. I've always can wanted talk to talk about the title book. later on. It could be an ebook, and we could sell it as a download. And uh, uh, that's a hundred dollars. Yeah, all the, a mil, millions of hours of work going into this thing. That's all. We'll Would anyone it. buy it though? Would any of you guys out there buy the ebook? Please let us know in the comments. <laughs> Please, we've ordered so many. <laughs> we've poured so many hours of money into this. Please, um, let's move on to our next segment. So, second question. Wow, it's only question two. We're nearly an hour in. Wow. It's question two. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. But hell, here we go. This one comes from uh, Louis Mayhead, who's actually like a subscriber from like right at the start of the channel. So it's so cool that still still get involved. Thank you, Louis. Um, this question says... What are your thoughts on using a bass as a guitar, in brackets, Royal Blood style? Um, so I thought it was interesting when you said about being melodic and, you know, being a guitar player and playing bass as well. I thought this was actually quite a fitting, fitting question. Um, and I've got some thoughts, but I'd like to hear yours first, I think. You know, what? not using a bass as a bass, but using it more like a guitar. What, what are your opinions on that statement? Well... Uh, well, so, I mean, there there are purists who would say, you know, it's a sin, and you know, this and that, uh, a sin punishable by hellfire to use a bass like a guitar. But I think that's <laughs> ridiculous, and I think that uh, 
here's what I think. I, what's the guy's name? Mike Kerr or something like that is. Uh, yeah. And I think what he does is like the bass. The bass will just be a regular bass, but he puts like guitar strings on it. And uh, or does he? Uh, I think it's guitar strings on the bass. So as far as I'm aware, I thought he, maybe it's thinner strings, but I thought they were just bass strings. But then he's obviously doing all this by amping and splitting the signal into two amps and things like that and using lots of. Yeah. Pictures. Yeah, he does. He totally does the two amps. I don't know. I mean, like bass got where it is today because of the new ideas, because the thing is, if the natural evolution of bass was, you know, in, in the fifties and sixties, you had people who played with a pick and they were usually converts from guitar. And then you had people who played with fingers and they were usually converts from upright bass. But then, I mean, you get into like the 1970s and we started to see people do weird new things, but those weird new things have now become fundamental, such as Larry Graham and slapping the bass or yeah. Jaco Pastorius, the kind of stuff that he did. So I think if it sounds good, and uh and you still sound good as a band then why not you know and they do sound good as a band yeah totally and like why not is like it's yeah if, if it sounds good and and that band do sound phenomenal as you say yeah. i think it really you know there are no rules when it comes to music yeah you, there's sheet music and and all these technical theory rules but that aside there are no rules and it, that's what's exciting about it is when somebody takes an instrument and does something unexpected with it and yeah people have done stuff like this before but not quite to that level perhaps or not so much that in the mainstream that's like really shaken the world and really gotten people talking about bass guitar um because it is you know quite it's so cool and revolutionary i think um for it to be so popular um and yeah i, I think it's amazing and Hell yeah. You, why not use a bass as a guitar? Now, we're saying this, but it works in the context of that band. Right. What I think doesn't work is work, work, work. How do I say work? I can't remember. That's how I say it. Um, what doesn't work <laughs> is when, um, you know, when you've got a full band, you've got two guitar players maybe, and then you've got a bass player who's trying to be a guitar player. And you can always tell when there's a guitar player playing bass, I think, or who doesn't regularly play bass. And it's but, so annoying. No, I know. Oh, I thought yeah. you meant you mean a oh, you mean a guitar player with a bass in a sense. I thought you meant a guitar player who's playing a guitar, but they're playing all the low notes that we Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, getting in our frequency, bugger off. No, I, I meant um, it happens a lot. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that you know, when you're getting a bass player that's maybe soloing or doing things in kind of the places that you might not want to necessarily, or he's not filling out that pocket. You know, great name for a podcast, that isn't it? In the pocket, nice. Um, see where <laughs> yes, I got it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so that's where I think using a bass like a guitar doesn't quite work when you're not trying to get the same effect. But for a band like Real Blood, hell yeah, because you're trying to you're trying to get that effect. The whole band is that effect. Um, yeah. So I think it really works. Um, and I, I don't know the origins of Royal Blood, actually. I don't know whether it was just like, no, we can't be bothered to get some guitarists. I'll just do it myself. What's the easiest to do? Let's just do this. You know, I don't know whether that's how it came about, but if it, if it is like that, then that's really cool. And that's just a, a situation forming into something, blossoming into something beautiful. Um, I saw this band at Nam. And fairly popular band. I don't even remember who it was right now, but 
there was no bass player. It was a drummer and two guys playing eight string guitars. It's so like one of them would operate more in the bass frequency and the other one would operate in, in a slightly higher register. I don't remember uh, who the heck it was. Someone yeah. I had heard of. Yeah. Interesting. Three years just really goes by, you know. Um, I think this question, yeah, it, yeah, because Nam was so far away and they're not doing it this year either, are they? So I don't know. What's Nam? Them? What's yeah. Nam? Who? What? Was I there? Yeah. What is it? It's got <laughs> I don't know. Three M's at the end, isn't it? Nam? I don't know. Nam. Um <laughs> Numb, so, I think. Numb. That's what we're feeling right now. Yeah, yeah, we really are. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that it, it can work, but also it can't work. There's a fine, there's a fine line sometimes. Um, but if you're going to use, if you're going to use your bass as a guitar for something like that, great. Just don't step on anyone's toes. I think that's probably the key, isn't it? Don't mess with anyone else, and it's got to work for the song, doesn't it? If you're going to use it like a guitar or like. It's got a it's got a server function. If you're just doing it to show off, or just to be, do like a little noodly thing, that's that's cool in in places. You know, you have got to be selective with where you're using that in the pocket. Um, so yeah, I think that, that's, that's very fun. well said. Very well said. I could see, and I've had a feeling lately because I have a feeling that um, that there will be a surge in popularity of playing chordal bass, like chords on the bass. I think really? because I've seen a couple people do it lately. And I think that's going to rise in popularity. And I think ambient bass playing is going to increase in popularity as well. Yeah. So, and chords lend themselves to that as well. Ambient yeah, they really do they sound great. Now, when you say chords, do you mean like on like your D and G string or like any string across the fret? I'm thinking like, uh, any string like i mean here's my bass so like you know there's a chord that's a uh c sharp or something yeah i think actually playing chords on the bass still keeping it in the low end of the mix but i i've i've just seen a couple of people do it i think it's going to get popular i was actually called upon recently at a church thing to play ambient bass because we had a guitar player and the guitar player is more of a blues guitar player but ambient guitar in church worship music right now is like huge. So he's like, Hey, look, this guy doesn't really play ambient guitar. Can you play ambient bass? So I made a ambient bass patch on my helix. And so I kept it all pretty low, but I did a bunch of reverbs and delays and I went. Yeah. And you know what? It sounded kind of sweet. And I think people are going to start doing that a lot more often. Yeah. I, I think you could be right there. I've been certainly seeing a lot more of those effects uh, becoming more popular on bass and becoming yeah. more like bass focused ones as well coming out, which is really cool. Um, and things like, uh, you know, your um, dark glass exponent, ex- exponent, 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 I think it's called. Uh, I don't know. There, then your head has got all of those effects built in as well. So clearly there are markets for it, all this stuff. So yeah, really cool. And hell, why not? Let's, let's see it happen. I've, I've not mastered the chords yet. I can't make it not sound flubby and farty and bad on the lower strings, but I, I'm constantly using chords on those top two strings all the time. And actually thinking about it a lot of time, a lot of times, you know, when people get the P bass pickup, but it's switched the other way around so that you've yes. got the, the coil closer to the neck for the upper two strings. Reverse. That really helps with like chord stuff as well. Cause I know that's why like Mark Hoppus has his like that because he does a lot of chord stuff on those top two strings so people you know it is conscious and people are thinking about it that kind of thing so 
Interesting. We'll see. Yeah. We'll Watch see what space. happens. We said it first. Well, you said it we first. We said it. We <laughs> did. We did. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to the next segment. This segment is, I always say it's probably my favorite segment because it is that tone you own. I've got the bass guitar body on my lap now and I keep, I keep tapping it. So I don't know if that, the mic's going to pick that up. I hear it. If you hear tapping, then that's me. <laughs> it's nothing else. I swear. So that tone you own. Before this, I asked the almighty rumbling man to bring along a tone of his. That he considers to be either a signature sound or just one that he's just enjoying at the minute. And boy, did you deliver. Let's have a listen oh. to that tone right now. That is just a just a no nonsense, incredible tone there. And I mean, if I if I get this wrong, I'm going to feel really terrible about myself. But that's a P bass, right? That is the P bass I just showed you. Oh, a little while ago. Phew, thank goodness! I always get so much pressure in those moments. I'm like, I start overthinking it. Like, yeah, that's a that's a P bass. I'm like, oh my god, what if it isn't? And I, then I look like a right chump. <laughs> with Dunlop, the Dunlop flats I just put on. Yeah, I, as you said, it's like, you know, predominantly using flats. And I'd already listened to that sound clip and I was like, yeah, I can totally hear that in that sound clip. Yeah. For sure. Um, sounds awesome. Um, what are you going into from there? So that was a surprise, surprise. It was a Helix patch. Wow, wow, wow. Um, trying to remember which Helix patch of mine that was. You know what? I think it was one I made. Yes, it was. It was one I made called Dual Peg. Um, which I actually featured in a recent vid, but um, basically that patch is the P base and it's going into uh, the S uh, SVT four pro uh, sim, you know, simulated obviously with two uh, big SVT speakers panned halfway to the left and halfway to the right. Uh. And then, uh, yeah. So, and then, so at first I was playing finger style, with the tone knob down a little bit. And then I had, I think I had like the ultra high and all that stuff on. And then about halfway through, I rolled the tone up and then toward the end, I kicked on the Ampeg liquefier bass chorus a little bit. Mm. Yeah. So, I was going to I was going to say that. Cause I was like, that's why there's a little bit of chorus in there as well. Yeah. Uh, that I heard, I didn't know if my ears were just deceiving me at the end. We do kind yeah. of get this stereo effect from that, from that rig, which sounds yeah. like really fills it out. It's really cool. It's pretty, pretty dang cool, man. I, you know, so I'm, I'm really enjoying experimenting with, 
you know, mono things, stereo things, and then doing some bass course. I just love the sound of bass course. It doesn't always even work, but I love the sound of it. No, sometimes it can just suck the low end completely out and you're left with it. It can screw you over just like any effect can. I mean, too much of any effect can really, can really screw you over. Bass players really just are artists, aren't they? You know, just really getting the most out of the tools that they that they use, and just having to fight the fight the tools that we're being given. Yeah. Um, it's a it is an art form. I say it really is. Um, so the pickups, I I don't know if we mentioned it earlier. Are the the stock pickups that are in that bass? Nay, actually, I took the stock pickup out. So. The stock pickup was like a late fifties recreation of some sort, but to me, I just didn't like how it sounded with flat wounds. I, I, I thought it sounded pretty good with rounds, but with flats, I didn't like it. And I put in the Sonic pickups bygone P base pickup. I don't think I've heard of that from the good men at Sonic pickups. You haven't heard of Sonic pickups? No, no. Yeah. Uh, really great company. I believe the guy's name is Mike, uh, who have, I've actually worked with him to do the review of the P-Base pickup a while back. Uh, but Mike, uh, I think he lives in California and uh, he makes these pickups by hand. Like, and, and sometimes he'll even go live in his Instagram feed or in his Instagram story. And he'll be sitting there like making pickups while he's just chatting live. That's and, really uh, cool. Sonic pickups totally rocks. And so that's, that's the pickup I have in there. And I'm really happy with it, actually. It's it's a really killer pickup. Very well balanced. Very clear. Very punchy. Nice, and, yeah. Uh, it yeah. suits those flats really well, I think. It gives you a nice... It's like a, a really warm mid-range, almost. that isn't too like nasally and too pokey, but just really sits really nicely in that mix without being too in, in, intrusive, I think. Yeah. It, uh, it's really nice. It rocks, man. I mean, it's it's got a lot of... I mean, having you know flats on it, there's always going to be quite a bit of low end but if you're contributing to like a live mix then quite a bit of low end can be pretty dang helpful absolutely that's what you're there for at the end of the day that's what they want you for yeah man incredible well i hope everyone enjoyed that as much as i did because it sounded so good well thank you let us move on to our last segment It is time for the big base debate. Now, the big base debate Ooh. is uh, just a question that somebody submits that I think, yeah, that sounds like a good title. <laughs> that sounds like a good thing to talk about for an extended period of time. Oh, yes. Uh, this one is very timely, and I thought it would tie in quite nicely. Um, it is from uh, Bert Allen Peter, or Peter, sorry, I can't remember how to pronounce your surname. Um, so I'll just say it wrong. <laughs> So I'll just say it wrong and with confidence. Um, the question is, do you still trust Fender after the humbucker scandal? Now, a bit of backpedaling. I'll, I'll do a bit of explaining about what this is. Um, so what was recently brought to light by friend of the show and, you know, common common friend, mutual friend of us here is uh, from Low End Lobster, is that... Uh, Gretsch have been lying to us. Uh, the Gretsch Junior <laughs> Jet uh, Electromatic G2220, however you order those words, I don't know the name. Um, the Basically, the short scale bass that actually Mike Kerr from Royal Blood used to use. Um, that's funny how these, you know, these things will tie in, isn't it? Um, and I've yeah. got one up on the wall behind me as well. Um, they sell them with, quote, 
mini humbuckers. Every website you'll go on says humbuckers or mini humbuckers. Um, and after experimenting, when um, our friends Low End Lobster, who I'm sure you will all be aware of, um, got his hands on it, discovered that this is not the case, or at least not with the kind of modern incarnation of these bases. With your uh, help, are, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. He mentioned in his video that you were uh, pretty instrumental in this process because it, that's how he found out it wasn't just his base either. That's right. Yeah. We, uh, he uh, sent me a message and said, uh, I don't think mine is a humbucker. It's definitely a single coil. So he recommended me picking up this. Oh, gosh, I can't remember the name of it now. Um, like a little green sheet that shows the magnetic poles that are happening there. And he basically said, look, you're looking for this line if it's it's like a covid test you're looking for this line just the single <laughs> line if it's a single coil and uh two lines if it's a humbucker and yeah this one had the single line so unfortunately no. it's it's negative for covid but it's positive for single coils <laughs> um, so no no humbuckers in sight which is you know pretty misleading and you know we say fender because gretch is owned now by fender um, if you didn't know, so as well as like Charvel and a load of other companies as well. Um, so yeah, really interesting. And you know, people people are fuming, and Low End was you know rightfully so very angry at this and has refused to do a review of it. And it says, "I'm calling you out, Fender. You know, come on, this is not good. I want to hear an explanation because at the end of the day, it's kind of, it's false advertising, and." Fender have been in hot waters before for this kind of thing, or like uh, just for being very naughty with their, almost like with their power that they have over the market, which I think is dwindling a little bit because people's perception is kind of starting to uh, to come down a little bit. I think there will always be purists out there and hell, I'm one of them. I love Fender. Um, but yeah, dangerous times. It's really interesting that uh, that they decide to do this just for the sake of selling a few more, perhaps. And it's really sad because it's a phenomenal base, and like it it speaks for itself. So why did they feel the need to say yes, it's humbuckers when it's actually not? Um, what were your thoughts on this when you when you saw him reacting? Well, I believe this uh, as of some time earlier today. Um, I believe this scandal has officially been called Humbucker Gate. <laughs> I did, you know, I was gonna, I was gonna put that in the question. It might go in the title of the video. <laughs> well, I, I believe that's what it has been called because uh, you know we've had uh, Alan Brown, Akabuli the Kid, you know, comment on it, and Lobster. Yeah, and then then you have me watching those guys' videos, just kind of taking it all in because I don't have the. I've got a good friend here in Florida who has that base. I've even borrowed it from him before and used it, and I do like it quite a bit but what the heck that is the correct phrase it's i i just don't get it at the end of the day i don't for I, the only thing i can think of is why that they would do it is just to shift a few more and try and sell it unless you know humbuckers are inherently more expensive to produce and this is a very affordable base very good base but and insane for the price are they just trying to cut corners here and be like, yeah, that's a humbucker, right? Uh, um, now, Lowend's discovered that uh, that his had lots of buzzing, and that's what initially triggered him to investigate. Now, I didn't notice that with mine, personally. Um, so I never thought, like, well, you know, might be single coils. Um, I just kind of took it at face value because it didn't really have that much of an issue. 
Um, so yeah, maybe there's some weird, I know he did have two bridge pickups wired in there as well. Um, which, you know, is, is wild. And that's not uncommon. We've seen things like that happen before with like, I know the Sire D5s, the first time they got shipped out and it happened with his as well. They were wired up incorrectly, a, a first batch of those, um, which he found as well. I suppose when you're reviewing so much, you, you do get some stinkers. Um, yeah. And, you know, I had two, two uh, Squire contemporary ph bases the new ones have to be sent back because they both didn't work they were both you know out the fresh out of the box didn't work two different colors so you'd think they're from two different batches as well so you know it does happen this thing but that what gretch have done is as another step over the line and i don't really know the internal details of the country of the company, like, like where the pickups would actually be made and, and who would be in charge of the production of that. I will say this. I'm not the world's hugest fan of stock fender pickups in general, to be honest. And, and that's not to bash fender. I'm the, one of the biggest fender guys and I've, I've got like six fenders, you know, and sometimes I love their stock pickups, but I'm, I've got like, like every fender electric instrument I have, except for one, I've changed the pickups because I always think the fender pickups, you know, might sound a little muddy or not as strong as something else. So it's like, you know, Fender, especially in their Mexican factory and no doubt in their, you know, Indonesia factory, they've got plenty of sucky, lame humbuckers sitting around. So why not pop one into this Gretsch base? Why pop a single coil in it? Or, or how much did Fender have to do with, with the decision-making? I have no idea. Yeah, that, well, that is a question because although they're ultimately responsible as the parent company, yeah. Yeah, do are they actually involved in this? In what in what level? I, like you say, I, I probably not a lot. And I might be wrong there. I, I don't literally don't know. I'm just speculating. But Lobster from, like, sent me something. He sent me an article and I will read to you what it said because it may shine some light on this. That said, yeah. I mean, I, I, know, I know one or two people who work for Fender and and, and totally good people. So I don't really know who all would know about this, but I was chatting with lobster about it earlier and he forwarded me this article from 2002, uh, iconic companies, ink deal, take Gretsch to global level. And it's from when Fender kind of officially stepped in. And let me see if I can find since I was looking for as part of the deal, which is effective as of January 1, 2003 Fender musical instruments corporation will be responsible for all aspects of the Gretsch stringed instrument product lines and brand names, including Gretsch guitars and basses, uh, synchromatic guitars, electromatic guitars, and Gretsch's line of parts and accessories development of future new products, including Gretsch branded amplifiers is also a part of, of the deal that's from 2002 20 years ago yeah yeah so i mean that basically point blank says fender is responsible yeah well at the end at the end of the day they are aren't they and they're going to be the ones that are going to have to to (laughs) cover up or try and uh try and backtrack on on this unfortunate mistake in quotes (laughs) um you know it's it's just lying at the end of the day and it's not something that we ever want the consumer to have to go through. And it honestly, it gave me a bit of a stinker on, on mine. I was like, uh, I don't enjoy playing this as much anymore. 
hasn't changed the base in any way at all. Like I said, I still it's. Um, I think um, Bully the Kid said the same thing. Doesn't yeah. take away from it. It's still a brilliant base. It's its own like you know it's a short scale so it's got this tubby really nice plenty of low end you know it's great and i like them. i don't really with the sound i wasn't like oh yeah no that's single coils and i'm definitely missing a humbucker here you know but at the end of the day they cannot be lying to consumers because it's just weirdest just thing it's just not right. ever i mean could it could it be something as simple as uh could the person you know working for gretch or fender you know, who, who is in charge of writing the description of the instrument, whatever that job title would be. Could it be that that person was uninformed that maybe that person looked at it and saw they look like humbuckers? And maybe, maybe you never know. But but then you'd think that like, you know, I, I come from a marketing background where, you know, if you're producing something for a course or something, it goes through so many levels of like, uh, copywriting and checking and it goes off to this person to be checked yeah you know for like some text that's going on a website so you think for a product that they would be that those spec sheets would be perfect you know that they'd have to be but you never know it might not be organized in the same way i don't know i don't know what they're doing over there at gretch but um yeah we've either got one of two things we've either got intentional deception or we've got ignorant deception Mm. i want to know is this intent i mean if it is intentional they're not going to be honest but is it? But if somebody could please tell me, was this intentional sabotage, <laughs> intentional deception, or was it ignorant deception? Because you kind of got two different things. One you can apologize for and be like, "Hey, we messed up." The other one you can apologize and say, "Guys, I really screwed you over, and I intentionally hurt you, and you wasted your money, and I really am sorry." No, I'm not going to give you your money back. No, I'm not going to do anything to get it right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I did, and I'm sorry. Or maybe I'm not. Who knows? I lied. Probably not. <laughs> Probably yeah. Not. <laughs> uh, yeah. I I would love to know. And if anybody out there, maybe somebody out there works for Gretsch, who knows, um, knows any more about this, about that process or about what they think might have happened here, or maybe even what they should do, because there will be people out there wanting some compensation for this and are probably well within their rights uh, to get something back from this. But whether they'll put out who knows? Um, so yeah, if you know any more, let me know in a comment down below if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Music, anything like that. Send uh, either of us or, or Lobster, in fact. I'm sure that, you know, he'd love to talk to you all about this. I'm just setting his DMs alight now. Um, oh, yeah. With, uh, with you know, with uh, any information you might have about this because it's a uh, constantly un- unraveling story i think that we'll i don't think we'll see the end of and it'd be really interesting to see if uh fender react to to lobster because lobster's got some clout you know he's and he's got those contacts and he you know uh he's contacted fender to be like hey what are you gonna do about this uh i'm not i'm not stopping i'm not stopping knocking until you answer the door um so yeah, I cannot wait to see what they react with. And uh, yeah, let us know if you have any more information. Huh. So I think that, did you, sorry, did you want to say anything else on the topic then? No, I was just, I was just, I was thinking about Fender in my head and just, I mean, of, of companies that I have admiration for, you know, like of companies who I think have a pretty cool structure, make a great product. It's Fender. Do I like their pickups all the time? No. Do I like their strings? Absolutely not. But I just, 
it, I'll, I'll be surprised by the answer if if it if it turns out that Fender, like if if plenty of people were aware of this, that will really be a disheartening surprise to me because just of the respect that I have for the company. Usually, I mean, I can't say I respect every single thing they make and every single decision they make because I think, for instance, like switching the classic vibe Squire line from China to Indonesia was a big mistake because they used to be, you know, they used to be such better feeling and playing instruments. But so I can't say that, you know, I fully subscribe to every decision they make because you know, that'd be ridiculous, but it's still a company that I personally have a lot of respect for. So I'm, I'm really yeah. interested to hear what the situation is. Absolutely. And like we said, we don't know how much like that was in two, what, 2003 they were acquired then how much the structure would have changed 10 times in that time, no doubt, you know, so what, uh, what is there some kind of middle management something here that's happening where somebody's not telling the truth or you know is it really back up to fender or is it someone that's do they kind of just leave gretch to their although they own it and are responsible for it all do they kind of leave them to their own devices in a way you know how much investigating are they doing into the products i don't know so you know whether we're going fender it's your fault Ugh, bad you know like i said ultimately they are responsible is it actually their fault? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. We will see. And yeah, excited to see see the outcome of this constantly unraveling story. Indeed. So that brings us to the end of the podcast this week. Mate, thank you so much for coming on. It's been Thanks for having me, blast. man. I, maybe yeah. uh maybe down the line we can do it again, or actually if I ever start a podcast, then uh, I'd definitely have you on sometime. I think about it sometimes, I just don't have time yet, but uh yeah it's a lot of fun man do it man i'd love to come up it would be incredible and uh yeah good fun times all round baby um if you're listening to this on some kind of audio device you know on a spotify and apple music there is a rating system so leave us a five-star review if you hated it leave us a five-star review because that would really annoy me uh for some reason um so yeah just Five-star reviews all round. Thank you to everyone that has done so far. It helps with something to do with algorithms. So, yeah, do it. Do it now, right now. Um, if you're listening to this on YouTube, drop us a comment down below. Uh, maybe ask us a question or comment on something that reacted to in here if you know anything about this whole Fender Gretsch situation with Humbuckergate. Hashtag Humbucker. Yeah, just, just comment. Hashtag Humbuckergate. Nice. <laughs> Um, and subscribe, like the video, etc., etc. I always say I need to write an outro for this podcast because I just kind of like just list things off from the top of my head. Oh yeah, remember to do this and this. Oh, oh yeah, and this. So yeah, who knows? But hey, that's all part of the chaos, right? That's what we love. It's all raw. I like my love raw. Um, <laughs> anyway, shut up, Johnny. Let's move on with this. Um, once again, mate, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, what are you doing right now? Where can people find you? Sell yourself. Um, <clears throat> I am uh, about 6'1", uh, 263 pounds. Uh, oh, not my body, you mean. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> looking for local singles in your area. <laughs> so, well, I'm married, but you know, just looking for friends <laughs> uh, to hang out with. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, find me on YouTube. I'm on YouTube dot com slash rumbling man um so you can find me there and then i just i just developed a new patch store where i'm selling uh some helix patches some zoom patches that's rumbling man 
bomb.com. Nice. The bomb.com. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. Go and check it out. I'll leave all the links, etc., in the description of this episode. So head down there and have a look. Go and check it out. You will not regret it. Guys, once again, thank you so much for listening. Awesome. We'll see you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.